when we pray, we communicate to God. But there's many ways that God communicates to you and I. And the primary way, the way that God communicates to you and I is through his word. When it comes to God speaking to you, if you're like, yeah, I never hear the voice of God, that means that you never read your Bible. Because if you read your Bible, you're going to hear the voice of God. That is God's voice to you and I. It's the unadulterated voice of God. There's nothing higher than the Word of God. It's the highest authority in the land. Uh, Higher than the Constitution of America? Not even close. Bible, the Word of God. And so if you're reading the Bible, you're going to hear the voice of God as you meditate on it, as you think about it, as you memorize it, as you declare it, as you say it, say it to the mountain, be that, as you say it, all those different things will help you understand and know the voice of God. Another way that God speaks to to us is through prophecy. Say that with me, prophecy. God speaks to us through prophecy. God uses man. He doesn't have any way or any other person he uses you and I flawed as we are weak as we are God uses man and he prophesies through man God joining with the voice of man in order to bring direction for you and hope and to encourage you and birth hope inside of your life and and confirm so many times a prophetic word will come to confirm what you're already thinking in your heart and directing he will come and speak to you Jay, I don't believe in prophecy. Well, you don't believe in a lot of the Bible. A lot of the Bible is prophetic voices, prophets, minor prophets, and it's for today. Listen to this scripture out of John 10, 27 through 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. His sheep know his voice. I would say that most of you are his sheep, and you know his voice, and if you don't know his voice, I think that's part of my job is to help you understand his voice and how many different ways God can speak to us, and we're going to talk about that today. God spoke to me very clearly the other day. I was in my driveway. I wasn't asking God to speak to me. I was thinking about this this thought. I, I, I read a Bible. I have Rating and I have four grandsons now, and I read a Bible per grandson. So the first Bible was Jonesy's, and I read it, and I, when I read it every day, I write in it every day to Jonesy, and it could be all kinds of different things. It could be about the weather or some deep theological thought that I have, but what I want Jonesy to do is to know Alma and Poppy. And, and then I, I read a, a Bible for Seth's and Micaiah's son, uh, uh, Jameson, and finished it and put it in his chest. I've got a chest for, we have a chest for Seth's family and chest for Jamie's family and, and finished those two Bibles and, and so forth and so on. Now we have twins. Guess what I'm doing? I'm reading two Bibles at the same time and I love it. And every day I write to, jo- uh, 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 whoa, I got all kinds of grandsons now. Raleigh and Raider, and I write to them, and, and I'm standing out in my driveway, and I'm just thinking about this, and I go, you know, I, I want my grandsons to know me and Amma. I want them to really, maybe when they're 50 years old, they can look back at those Bibles and go, you know, 
This was my ama, this was my poppy. And as soon as I had this thought, God spoke to me ever so crystal clear and says, that's how I want you to know me. That's not just for me, that's for you. He wants you to know him in that fashion. Jesus speaks to us in many ways. The Holy Spirit, listen to this scripture in, in Hebrews. It talks about Jesus. It talks about the prophet, prophets, uh, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God, who at various times and in various ways, various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. He spoke through prophets in the Old Testament, and he does in the New Testament. Has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world's. He speaks through prophets. He speaks through his son. You know, the thing is, is that God wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to know his voice, that it's real and it's for today. He didn't stop speaking in Genesis 3 or something. God is speaking. He's our father. He, he, he is still creating and he's still speaking. The Holy Spirit is here today to speak to us and through us. Check out the scripture in Acts 1.16. Men and brethren... This scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. The Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of David. I can tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to speak through your mouth. The Holy Spirit will speak through the prophets that we're bringing in next weekend. He wants to speak to you and I. He doesn't just speak through prophets. He, he speaks to us in many fashions and, and forms. Like, for example, he uses doors, opening and closing doors in our life. I, I'm an elder in another church, and I remember very clearly uh, they were pursuing this really large building and, and uh, joining with this other church and, you know, a lot of challenging things they were faced with. And, and uh, I, I told the pastor, I says, hey, man, you do this. Because he was wondering, should we continue to go forward? Should we continue to move? I says, you walk through the doors until God shuts them. And now they're a very large church over in uh, the Spokane Valley. All right? You walk through the doors. God's able to shut the door, and he's able to open the door. He can shut the door on Noah's ark, and no man can open it. He can open doors in Revelation that no man can shut. Come on, he stands at the door of your heart, and he knocks. God uses doors to speak to you and I. He uses nature. Look what Psalms 19.1 says. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Many times I've been out bow hunting and all of a sudden, out of the blue, I'm climbing a mountain or on top of a mountain. And in his creation, God speaks to me. He might want to speak to you when you're cutting grass, when you're showering, when you're setting your car, when your kids are screaming. God can speak. He's the sound above all those sounds. And he wants you to kind of tune in. To 77.7, he wants you to tune into his voice above all those sounds, all the, the, the racket and all the, all the social media and all the, all the noise. There's a voice. Listen, he wants you to tap into. His sheep hear his voice. There's a, a song called The Voice of God by Dante Bo, and I love this song. If you've never listened to it, I encourage you to listen to it, but here's a bit of that song today, and I did this because it's beautiful, number one, but number two, he kind of 
shares how God can speak in any form and fashion. Don? I can hear it in the crackle of a bonfire, and I can hear it in the middle of the ocean water. Oh, I just can't explain, but it makes me want to cry. I can hear when the rain falls on my windowsill on a playground where children's laughter lives. Oh, I can't explain, but it makes me want to cry. And I can hear it in the busy New York City streets, and I can hear it in the country Georgia fields of green. Oh, I can't explain, no, but it makes me want to cry. It sounds like grandmama telling you where you come from. Right. Said it's kind of like laughter out of the mouths of your loved ones or catching up with an old friend reminiscing on back when. It's like a summertime sprinkler street side with my ice cream cone. Said it sounds like a choir singing hymns. Hallelujah. It's the voice of God and it can make a grown man cry. Oh, yeah, it can. Grown man. Tough, leathery man. Break you down in a heartbeat. The voice of God. The presence of God. He wants to speak to us. Right in the midst of worship. I love worship because so many times God speaks to me in the midst of worship. Because why? Because we worship him and he comes and he dwells in the midst of our worship. He's, he's here. Not just the principal presence where two or more are gathered. That's the principle. Not just the, 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 the omnipresence of God. Oh, I'm out in the woods. God is here. Well, of course he's here. But the manifested presence of God that all of a sudden we worship him and, and he comes into the house. And it's this thick and the heaviness of God. He begins to speak because he's here. He's in the house. He's, he speaks in the midst of worship. God will use your children to speak to you. God spoke, has spoken through Seth when he was a little guy. He does now, of course, but even when he was a little bitty guy and Jamie, all of a sudden, Radine and I would go, oh, wow, we just heard God through our children. God wants to speak to you. This is a very unique one, but I think he'll speak through colors. All of a sudden, one day, uh, uh, Jamie and Topher's getting ready to have their revealing party. Things that we didn't even know of back in the day, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm walking down the road, and I, I'm like, God, I don't know what color to wear. I don't know what these children, and all of a sudden, blue, blue, just very clear. And then I saw this old 1954 like, blue car go by, and then everything I saw on the way home was blue. And I go, where well, I'm wearing blue tonight. And then they announced that night, two blue boys. Well, they, they wasn't blue, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> he speaks through dreams and visions. All the way. J.O., I just don't. He does. All the way through the Bible. From Old Testament, Jacob, Ladder, angels, Abraham, a covenant, to Mary, you name it. God speaks through visions and dreams. He may do that with you. Sometimes it's loud. Sometimes it's quiet. Sometimes it's earth shaking. Sometimes it's not. God speaks through his saints. Here's a list of how God speaks through his saints. He speaks through prophecy. He speaks through preaching. Why do you think? He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He takes something as preaching and changes the world. He, he speaks through teaching. He speaks through prophetic prayers. He sp speaks through, you could see this next weekend, 
Words of knowledge. What is a, what is a word, word of knowledge? What, what is a word of knowledge, J.O.? Is it in the Bible? If you read your Bible, you'll see word of knowledge is in the Bible. Matter of fact, Jesus operated in the word of knowledge. He's, he's beside a, a well, and he begins to kick up a conversation with a woman, a Samaritan woman. He, he just reads her book right here. Hey, you've been married five times, and now you're living with a dude. She's like blown away, goes back to Samaria, and turns that city upside down. Why? Because he read her book. That, that one spot, the most painful area of her life, he speaks to it with a word of knowledge. God may do that with you next week. All of a sudden, he looks at Marty and begins to read his book, and Marty's like, wow, nobody knew that about me but me. That's a word of knowledge. How about a word of wisdom? All of a sudden, you're a business person, and you're like, wow, back up against the wall. You don't know what to do, losing it all, and I don't know where to go from here, God. And, and, and all of a sudden, a prophet just begins to read your book and tells you what to do, and it changes your entire business or your life. That's a word of wisdom. Uh, J.O., uh, isn't that sorcery? No, sorcery is a, is a copycat of the real deal of what God wants to do. There's nothing twisted or perverted because it's the voice of God, not the enemy, coming through a vessel. Interpretations of tongue. Exhortation. Encouraging. He does, he uses all these things to speak to you and I, and I say that because we've seen probably all of those that I mentioned during the sound. And so don't come and be surprised like, what is, what is going on here? I told you so. <laughs> is it in the Bible? Yes. Every one of them. If you ever have not been around prophecy, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You just wasn't raised that way. It's easy to critique and even be critical about it. And uh, I would say be, take caution of that. It's easy to get critical on something that you don't understand. I would encourage you to get understanding and get knowledge. For the lack of knowledge, his people perish. Everything that we do at Heart of the City Church and operate in, line upon line, is the Word of God. Bible. I'll show you line and verse. Chapter, book, and verse. If you ever see anything that we do here that's not biblical, you can tell a pastor, ask, a pa ask an elder, anything like that. If it's not biblical. Now, I'm not asking you if it's your opinion. I'm not asking you to come if it's social media or from your denomination where you were raised. I, there's a lot of denominations that I don't even hear the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about Bible. B-I-B-L-E, right? Then... You can talk to us about it because we want to operate and pursue everything that God has for you and I. God gives and he distributes gifts to each and every one of us. You might be here today and you're like, I don't even believe in the gifts. That doesn't mean that they're not in you. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to operate in them. 
Matter of fact, they are in you, and he does want you to operate in them. I want you to listen to this scripture right here that talks about the gifts, the diversity of gifts, and so forth and so on. Why does he give you gifts? You're going to read it right here in these scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Look at that right there. Spirit, Lord, God. All of a sudden, Paul writes about the Trinity to you and I. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Such a beautiful thing. Go ahead, please. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For what? Why does God give you gifts? Why does God give you gifts over here? Absolutely. We're here to build one another up, to, to encourage one another with the gifts. If you never operate in your gift or you, you keep a lid on your gift, you're ripping people off. God wants to work in and through you to profit all in the Bible, uh, in the church, according to the Bible. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. As God wills. This isn't a thing that you do. It's something that God does. God distributes them to you and I as he wills. He may give Aslan one gift, but he may give Seth three gifts. He may give Jess two gifts, but Radine ten gifts. I don't know. He does what he wants to do. Jesus has all the gifts. He's the full meal deal. He has every gift, but he distributes. You might have one. You may have ten. You may have. It doesn't mean that you just have one gift. You may operate in many gifts. Matter of fact, it says gift of healing. You may have the gift of healing, but everybody in this room can be used by God in the area of healing. It talks about the gift of prophecy. Do you know that the Bible says that you all can prophesy? Did you know that? Did you know that? Everybody in this room can prophesy. Moses says, I wish you all prophesied. So he distributes them, but we're not limited to one. God may give you five, and it's to build the body of Christ up. It's to profit the body of Christ. Paul, he talked about an impartation of gifts, which is very, very, very powerful, which I think a lot of you are going to be imparted to next weekend. I think some of you have been imparted to before, but I think you're going to receive an impartation. There's something that happens in a prophetic atmosphere with seasoned prophets, and Paul talks about an impartation. Impartation is very, very, very real. If you would read that. Romans 1.11. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. There was a guy that he imparted to. And the way that he imparted to him was prophecy and laying on of hands. And this guy, he, he became a lethal weapon. Uh, Paul would leave him behind to set churches astray and also set an elder, and his name was Timothy. And look how he received uh, 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 the gift of God. Look what it says about him. 
1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. So first of all, you can neglect your gift. Just store it away. Never do anything with it. It's me, my, my, myself, and I. I'm never going to step out of the boat. I'm never going to use it. And you'll, you'll neglect the gift of God inside of you and not profit others. And then it so, goes on to say it was given to him by prophecy and by the laying on the elders of hands of the elders. We have a doctrine at Heart of the City Church. The doctrine is the laying on of hands. You'll see us lay hands on, just like a while ago uh, in the Mystic Communion. Go lay hands on those who are sick. You'll lay hands on them and they will recover. We lay hands on for ordination or, or license. Many reasons, but there's a doctrine of laying on hands, and it's very real, and it's an impartation. I want you to, to read this in just a minute, an Old Testament impartation. Uh, Radine and I, years ago in the early 90s or mid-90s, we were in Detroit, Michigan. We went there for a reason with a precious sister named Cheryl, and this guy named Kim Clement was doing these gatherings in a church in Detroit, Motown. Very cool place. We walked in to this church, and all of a sudden, there was thundering. And I go, Radine, it was clear outside. Wasn't it clear? It was clear. So I go outside, and it's crystal clear. Walk back in, and there's thundering. I'm going, what's going on here? So just let it go, and Kim gets up on the stage and he says, you probably, he's South America, you probably heard thundering. We've had these manifestations of this thing, thundering coming through. And it was pretty, pretty prophetic and pretty mystic, so forth and so on. And we were there for about three or four nights and he, very, very incredible words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy. Gosh, he can read people's addresses and so forth and so on. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. But the last night we are there, I wanted this dude to lay hands on me. I'm like, I need that impartation, right? I'm, I'm hungry for this impartation. And he's so, so unreligious, so untraditional. He does things, and it just will offend the snot out of you, which I kind of like. And uh, he comes out, and he, he, he gives about two words of knowledge, and he looks at everyone. We've only been there a short amount of time. He goes, I'm out of here. And he walks off. And I go, wait a minute. That brother ain't laid hands on me yet. I, I leave Radine and Cheryl. I book to the back door or the door that they were going down. And here he is with all of his bouncers going down this black hole of its door, uh, uh, these stair. And I, 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 I go like this on the back bouncer. I says, hey, man, would he pray for me? And the bouncer says, no way. Well, Kim heard that. And Kim goes, come here. And so he takes me downstairs in the basement. I just say, man, I'm from Idaho. It's our last night. And he lays hands on me and just begins to pray and prophesy over me. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never been the same. Yeah, some of the things I offend you are, offend you about, you probably can blame Kim. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and it really impacted my life. There's a true impartation. Look at this impartation of what took place with Saul, King Saul. Check this out. 
1 Samuel 10, 5 and 6. After that, you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Look then at this. Listen, just listen to this right here. Look what takes place. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. If you've never been turned into another man or another woman, I got news for you. It's a good thing. And the Spirit of God can do that. God told Moses to gather 70 elders, and it's beautiful. We won't read it today. It's in Numbers 11, 24 through 26. And all of a sudden... God, see, God does this. God took the spirit that was on Moses and he put it on the 70. Actually, he put it on 68 because two stayed in camp. And when the spirit of God came upon these 70, 68 here, two at camp, guess what they began to do? They began to prophesy. And the Bible says they never prophesied again, but they did in that very moment. You know what that is? That is a prophetic atmosphere, a spirit of prophecy that can change your life and lives around you. Jerry, I, don't, I, 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 I just don't believe that. It's, it's, it's just too late. It happened then, and it happens now. And I believe that God wants to do something so beautiful in this day and time. How many of you know that in this day and time, like never before, you need the power of God? God, this generation don't care about you playing a little church. They want the power of God. J.O., why don't we just, uh, you know, why do we need prophecy and beginning tongue, baptism, the Holy Spirit, fire, power of God, and words of knowledge and healing and all that. Why, why, why do we need all that? Why don't you just let us sing three little songs, preach 20 minutes, let us go home, we'll come back next week and we repeat. Well, first of all, it's just not Bible. At all. Second of all, we do need that power. You don't just need to look like Jesus. You need the power that Jesus carried. Listen to what this, this scripture says in 2 Timothy 3, 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And form, from such people, turn away. Form. Look a little bit like Jesus. But you deny the power of God. That's what we don't need in this day and time. Here's a beautiful scripture for the season that Heart of the City Church is in right now. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22. Check this out. Rejoice always. Good thing. Pray without ceasing. Stop right there. Pray without ceasing. Some of you right now, I still have not convinced you to come to Seek Week. Oh, it's too early, J.O. It's too late, J.O. Got to eat lunch, J.O. I just encourage you to come Seek Week. Check it out. We're just going to be seeking God. Pray without ceasing. Go, go ahead, please. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to work in and through you and I. Don't quench Him. He's a person. He's not a it. He's not a thing. He wants to flow through the power of God. Don't quench him. Yeah. 
Do not despise prophecies. Don't despise prophecy. Oh, they're just a little strange at heart of the city. No, we're not. We're Bible. Don't despise prophecy. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. I want Don to read this next scripture in 1 Corinthians. This is the spirit of prophecy at heart of the city church. Listen to it really good, especially the very end of it. This is the spirit of prophecy at heart of the city church. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 4. Pursue love. We usually get that one down, Mm -hmm. but it's like we skip the next one. Listen to the next one. And desire spiritual gifts. If you're not desiring spiritual gifts, you need to repent. (laughs) Repent means to change your mind. You need to renew your mind. God wants us to desire spiritual gifts once again to profit all. Go ahead. But especially that you may prophesy. Especially. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. When you prophesy, this is the spirit of prophecy at heart of the city church. Edification exhortation, and comfort. You don't have to be scared next week. The prophets, you walk in, the prophets are here, they can see everything in my life, and all of a sudden they know the sin of my life and they're going to rebuke me. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. If they ever was going to rebuke you, it would be pulled to the side, very quietly, gently, in love, just to straighten your life. We've done that before. I've rebuked people before. It's not to, I'm not going to bring you up and, you know, it, it's not that type of, it's not that type of spirit. It's edification, exhortation, and comfort. There's people on, pro, on TikTok right now. This is not Craig. Craig does an amazing thing. There's other people on TikTok and, and face, Facebook and all that stuff, uh, YouTube, that is constantly prophesying gloom and against the church and what a bad church it is and so forth and so on. And so I would say that doesn't go along with New Testament prophecy. Okay? Hey, no one has to tell the church that we got problems. As soon as, we walk in the, as, soon as I walk in the church, th- that church got a problem. Are you feeling me? Okay, here's my point. What made them a prophet or a prophetess? Who are they accountable to? Because there's people who follow all these tic-tac, tic-tac, rock-rock, knock-your-lock, whatever. And listen, I want to know who's testing their prophecy. I want to know who their pastor is. I want to know who's correcting them. Who are they accountable to? Well, jail, they're in the church. The church is everywhere. Yeah, but there's local churches, and a local church has a government. And there's local accountability. And there's local people speaking into their life. Are are you feeling me today? Good, I'll, I'll get off of that. Pastor Eric and Patrick, who's coming in, we've known them for 10 to 17 years. Patrick and his grandmother, Violet Kitely, 
were four of the prophet prophetess that were on a presbytery that sent Radine and I out of City Harvest Church. Everything that they prophesied over us, as far as I know, has come to pass. Eric, you're going to love Eric. He's from New Jersey, and he's a wonderful prophet. He don't, they don't blow in, blow up, and blow out. They are very, very sensitive to people, their needs, the sheep, and the local church. If you get a prophecy next week, a word of knowledge, direction, exhortation, what do you do with it? I want to close the day with, I want to give you four points of what you do with a word. All of a sudden, prophet goes, hey, right there in the red shirt, would you please stand up, please, and stand up, and they don't know who you are, and they begin to, I feel like God is sharing this with me, to you. Do you know what can take place? You may feel that word is for you, but they never call you out of the crowd. You know what you should do? You just do this. Now, let's practice that right now. Do this. You just, that's mine. Man, you know how many, I'm, I'm, I, I am so greedy with words. I'm like, whew, that, that's me right there, baby. I'm on that. I'm on white, white, you're on white like rights. Come on, that's, that's mine right there. I think you can do that prophetically. It's not that every word is for you, but all of a sudden you discern, wow. I think he's speaking to me also. Four things I think that you should do when you get a prophetic word. It could be someone that's sharing with you on the street. It could be someone next week in this prophetic atmosphere in the future. Here's four things that you should do. Number one, here we go. You ready? Number one, test the word. Say that with me, test. test. Why would we test it, J.O.? They're, they're prophets you bring in. You trust them because you have brains, because you're not stupid. Test the prophecy. Test the word. The Bible says, test the word. Does it line up with the word of God? Test it. Jail, here's a big question these days. Can a New Testament prophet make a mistake? Absolutely. They put their pants on just like I did this morning. How many dads do we have in the house? Raise your hand. Real, keep it up for a minute. Now put it down. How many dads have made a mistake before? Put your hand up. You're a false dad. He's not a false dad. This dude's a freak for his sons. Loves. But have you ever made a mistake? He's made a mistake. I make mistakes. How many moms made mistakes? False mothers. You're not a false mother at all. You're not a false prophet. In the New Testament, people can make mistakes. In the Old Testament, you would die. <laughs> New Testament, there's grace. We prophesy in part. Say that with me, in part. So you see through a glass dimly. You prophesy in part. Radine and I have been on many presbyteries, and you don't get the whole picture. All of a sudden, you're, man, you're, you're, you're stepping out of the boat, and God gives you one word, and then I, you just go with that one word, and then God begins to speak through you. You just walk by faith, okay? And the other thing is the Bible says this, Don. Would you read that? 1 Corinthians 14, 29, let two or three prophets speak, 
and let the others judge. Why would you have to have others judge? Because people make mistakes. Usually we'll bring in maybe two or three prophets. Typically not one. Occasionally we just have one, but typically we have more than one. Okay? So test it. Everyone say test it. Test it. Does it go with the Word of God? Now, does it have to say chapter 1, Luke 19, 13, for it to be the Word of God? No, it can be the Spirit of the Word. Like for how many of you know that it's probably a good thing for you to put gas in your car? How many of you agree that you should put gas in your car? But you, yeah, I can't find that chapter and verse. But it's a good thing. So God will speak to you in the spirit of his word that it may not be exactly in a scripture, but you know it's from God. Okay? So number two, first of all, you test it. Number two, you believe it. Say that with me, believe it. Believe. Jehoshaphat's got his back against the wall. God sends a prophet. Jehoshaphat says this the next day. Look what he says in verse 20, chapter 20, verse 20 of 2 Chronicles. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. You test it, if it's God, and then if it is, if it lines up with God's word, guess what you do? You believe it. Number three, guess what you need to do when you believe something? I can throw a football to you right now. You can hit, let it hit your chest and back off or just bounce off your chest. Or you catch it and receive it, right? So number three, you receive it. Say that with me, receive it. You test it, believe it, and receive it. You, ha- you receive the word. Don't resist it. You receive it. Look what the Bible says in Matthew uh, chapter 10. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Test it. Believe it. Receive it. And the last one is probably most important. Because you can test it, believe it, receive it, and it not do diddly in your life unless you do number four, which is the catalyst that causes everything to change in your life. Number four, you take action. You act upon the Word of God. Jesus told Peter, Peter says, Jesus Jesus is walking on the water. Hey, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. Guess what? what Jesus says. He says one word, come. What does Peter do? Peter steps out of the boat. Great story in the Bible. Very real story. And he begins to walk on water. Wow, what a, what a magnificent story. And he did it on one word, come. But he had to step out of the boat. The other 11 didn't step out of the boat. There was only one that stepped out of the boat. We know him because he stepped out of the boat and he actually began to walk on water. What a powerful thing. Abram, God speaks to Abraham in Genesis 12 and says, hey, I want you to leave this country. I'm going to send you to another country. Man, all of a sudden, you're going to have sons and daughters like the number of the stars in in the sky. But he had to do something. He had to get out of the boat. He had to leave where he was and go to a country. He didn't even know where he was going, yo. 
See, if you don't mix things with faith, I got news for you. You're going to just put it up on the shelf, and guess what it's going to do? It's just going to collect like spiritual dust or something, not do anything for your life. You test it, believe it, receive it, and act upon the Word of God, and you'll see. I tell you what, what if Radine and I just said, oh, we, we, we believe we heard from God to plant a church in Coeur d'Alene, but if he really wants us to go, he'll send a supernatural helicopter and yank us out of our house. He's going to pack all of our bags. He'll sell the house. He'll build a house for us. He's going to do everything. No, that's, that's not how God works. You work your tail off. A, a prophetic word is potential. But I tell you what, God will meet you in faith. It's potential, but he wants you to step out of the boat. When he steps out of the boat and you walk on water, guess what you'll do? You'll probably sink. Guess what he'll do? He'll yank you up. He'll save your life. He's yanked Radine and I up many times over the last 16 years. I want to read this last scripture because this is it's a very unique scripture because it's from a prophet in the Old Testament. And Peter is quoting it in the New Testament, and it's for you and I today. Listen to this scripture. Acts 2.17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. On all. Say that with me, all flesh. That's you. That's you. That's you. That's me and you. Every one of us. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. He wants that for you. There's not a person in here, I don't care if you're 12 years old, like Samuel. Samuel kept hearing the voice of God over and over and over. Eli, what's going on? Well, next time you hear it, you just say, here I am, God. Here, 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 here I am. He was hearing the voice of God. God wants you to hear his voice. I think he wants us so much more activating our gifts. Remember the Bible says you all may prophesy. I tell you what, can you imagine a, a church like, even in this one gathering right here, us operating in the full potential that God has for you and I. Watch out Coeur d'Alene, Athol, everywhere. Wow. He wants it for you and I. 